Hello, everybody. This is the Cincinnati Herald podcast. I'm your host, John Alexander Reese, digital editor of the Cincinnati Herald. If you don't know, the Cincinnati Herald has been around since 1955 and is the largest African-American newspaper in the greater Cincinnati area. Today, we will be talking about the Capitol riots that happened this past Wednesday and the aftermath of those events. And we'll also be discussing how those events have affected the greater Cincinnati area and the state of Ohio and Hamilton County all in general. And now we have some guests on today's show and I will have them introduce themselves starting with um, Andrea Carter. Hi, I'm Andrea Carter and I am the media consultant with the Cincinnati Herald in charge of the interns and special projects. Our next guest is Gwen McFarlane. Gwen, introduce yourself. Hello, I'm Gwen McFarland. I am the Hamilton County uh, Democratic Board Chairperson. Also with us, we have Mr. Wendell Young. How you doing, Mr. Young? Hello, everyone. Um, I'm Wendell Young, a member of Cincinnati City Council. We all know that, um, unfortunately, this past Wednesday, President Trump gave another rally in Washington, D.C. And after that rally, thousands of pro-Trump rioters reached the Capitol um, very sad, very sad indeed. I just want to get, I just want to get everyone's thoughts on how those riots basically affected you guys and how you think um, the riots affected the state of Ohio and Hamilton County and the Cincinnati area in general. Um, I'll start with you first, um, Wendell. Well, for me, it, it was uh, really eye-opening in a number of different ways. First of all, it helped me to see how truly fragile our government is. Uh, you know, democracy is, 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 is not as common as many of us think it is. And it's far more special than many of us think it is. And to see, and you, you called a riot, but I will tell you that was an armed insurrection that I saw. Um, and I will tell you that that is absolutely scary. I mean, we've seen these things, of course, in third world nations, but to understand what was really happening there not only was the people's house attacked and ransacked, but the business of the government of the United States actually came to a halt because of an armed insurrection led by no less than the president of the United States. I think what that shows you is uh, how very special the form of government we have is and how participation is so very, very necessary. And I also think that it helps to show how important the individual is in our society. So for those people who think they don't matter or their vote doesn't count, uh, many people did not vote in that past election that brought Donald Trump to power. And I think that because of that, we got what we got. So you can see that had people voted who could vote, uh, we probably would never have seen Donald Trump in this position. There's a lot to take away from this, and I don't want to take anybody else's thunder. But I simply will say that uh, the nation we live in is a great nation. The form of government we have, I think, is the best on the planet. But it is fragile. And it has to be guarded by those of us who care. And uh, if we don't, we're going to end up uh, no longer having the nation that we've grown up under. And for those who criticize this nation, I understand all the criticism. I'm right there with you. But at the end of the day, it's still the best nation on the planet. Interesting take. Um, Gwen, what are your thoughts on the whole riots and how it affects the um, Cincinnati and everything? 
Well, as an American and as a Black American woman, uh, I am so, so angry and I'm trying to contain myself because it takes me back to way before I was ever born, the, the injustice, uh, the, the, the violence that our culture and other cultures have had to endure. Um, for me, it was unbelievable. And I have to concur with what uh, Mr. Young said, our council member. A lot of it, I think it's a great example of what you see can happen if people do not vote. Uh, voting is the only power that we have that is ours. We have control over our vote. Our voice is our vote. And if we don't vote, you get what you get. And from my perspective, um, I could see ahead of time that that, that that law was rolling down that hill. And, and, and you know, if, as the law rolls down a hill, it gains more speed. And what I saw ahead of time is I watched how this person lied. I watched how uh, individuals he was able to with his narcissistic uh, behavior engage people that he could manipulate. At first, I didn't think it could ever be that bad, but we, and not me, but there were so many people that enabled that behavior. And when you enable a negative behavior, all kinds of stuff can happen. So as the log was rolling down the hill, it was mashing and crushing a lot of ideals around our constitution, around racism, um, around um, social justice, and it was just phenomenally, you could see it. So from my perspective, those individuals that enabled that behavior uh, are why we got to where we are now. And even today, as, and I didn't get a chance to watch the impeachment that much, but the one, the couple times I could hear people still uh, making excuses for his behavior. Had that been you or I, I think this impeachment would have been over before 12 o'clock today. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> That's my own personal feeling. And you know what I'm talking about. I'm black and I'm brown. I'm talking about my black and brown brothers and sisters. So it's, it's, um, it's just interesting and I always like to look at human behaviors and when I see a person who can manipulate um, individuals to do what he or she wants it's always a disaster and that narcissistic manipulated behavior is what I have observed I would say I gave him a year but after that it was over from my perspective let me ask you this there's been a lot of comparison of what occurred at the Capitol and what happened with all the Black Lives Matter protests around the country. And they could just compare how well prepared they were, you know, who was standing out front, things like that. And this time around, the lack thereof. What do you think of the fact that the police officers might have been complicit somewhat um, with the possibility of helping with this attack on the Capitol? I believe there absolutely was complicit behavior. And not just on the part of police officers. I think uh, there are other Capitol insiders who I think helped to foment and helped to guide what happened during that insurrection. But I think that uh, the lack of unpreparedness, I think, in part comes from the fact that uh, people in charge did not fear that particular crowd. Uh, they looked at those individuals as peaceful. 
they look at them and they see themselves, they see their wives, they see their parents, they see their siblings, they see their friends. Uh, they don't see people who look like us. And so they think in terms of, well, they're not going to hurt me. That's a friendly crowd. That's one thing I saw. Another thing I saw is th this allegiance to, to a man like Trump. And so these individuals felt far more, uh, uh, how do I put this? They felt far more allegiance to Trump than they did to their oath to uphold the Constitution. And so uh, that was on full display. The other thing I saw, and I think everybody knows this, we all know if this had been a Black Lives Matter movement, there would have been funerals all over America this week. Mm -hmm. uh, the amount of restraint that those officers showed, now, albeit uh, they obviously were outnumbered, and I'm, I know that had a lot to do with their restraint, but still they did not use deadly force. Uh, they did not bring in the kind of, of, of weaponry that would have been deployed against a Black Lives Matter movement. The preparation would have been very different. You would have seen the dogs. You would have seen the fire hoses. You would have, <coughs> excuse me, always seen the use of deadly force, especially uh, when people got inside and were talking about hang Mike Pence. And, and there was an obvious uh, a group of people who wanted to find Nancy Pelosi <coughs> and anybody else they could find to do God knows what to them. Those are the kinds of things I saw. On TV, I was appalled when I saw officers appear to just open the gates and let people in. Have a cop take a selfie with a bunch of insurrectionists? Are you kidding me? So, yeah, that was really hard to watch, especially when you know that in this country, and we've seen it all last year, and all of us have seen it all our lives, but the nation had a chance to see last year what the difference is when people in charge, who for the most part don't look like us, uh, prepare for this kind of thing. You prepare one thing when you feel like the people are going to be black and brown. You prepare another thing when you think there's going to be people you know, people who perhaps share your sentiments. And that was on full display. And frankly, it was an appalling lack of use of, of government authority to protect the people's house and, and the people therein. Gwen, what is the political fallout going to be, um, not just for the Democrats, but for the Republican Party um, in this? Because, I mean, you see people around the country are already leaving the GOP. They're choosing to become Democrat or independent. Um, but what do you think is going to be the fallout? That's a good question. I would like to have seen more leadership from the Republican Party during that impeachment hearing today. As I said, I didn't get to watch the entire thing because I was on other Zoom calls. But in the end, when it was all said and done, and there were only 10 Republicans that mm -hmm. voted to impeach him out of all of the Republicans that were there, um, it's, it's shocking to me. It has a ripple effect. And even from my perspective, from, from those hearings today all the way here to, Ham to Ohio and Hamilton County. And when I saw even the Ohioans, Ohio individuals, elected officials, who were so adamant uh, about the process, not the behavior, not what Trump had done, not how he had incited the people, but the process. That's very concerning for me. So I, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what the next few days are going to be like. Um, I applaud those Republicans 
who have said enough is enough and we will no longer be a part of this. That took a bold movement on their part and I applaud them for wanting to be able to save our country and fight for democracy. Um, but it's really difficult for me to, to really answer that question because right now I really, I don't think there's gonna be much of a change. It would be amazing starting at our local level if I could see and hear comments from our local Republican Party, which you're not, or even those elected officials who are Republicans, they stayed silent. And it's time to stop being silent and let your voices be heard. And I haven't heard them step to the table and say anything. Even locally, there's nothing's been said about, that, I mean, well, I mean. If I might correct the record just a little bit. Correct, go ahead, Wendell. Um, <laughs> At our at our at our uh, special session of council last Friday, two Republican members of council, Keating and oh, Goody, mm -hmm. uh, had a lot to say, and um, they are not pleased with what happened uh, during that insurrection. They're not pleased with Trump's leadership, and they're not pleased with the Ohio delegation and their lack of response to what went on. So that's two Republicans that I do know of. That's good. And, to hear. and, and, and I do want to agree with you that. I think it takes real courage to do that. Uh, I have not agreed, and I don't know what their stance was. I don't want to talk about just them. But I don't know what their stance has been during the, quote, Trump era. But I am at least heartened by the fact that when it gets down to choosing the republic over a person, uh, that those individuals chose the republic. I'm so glad you said that, because I may have missed that meeting. I think it's important that uh, all elected officials, I don't care what your political party is, and I've said that for so some time, that you are in there to serve the people, not not the party, the decisions you make are for what's right for the community and what's right for the people. And um, I, I, we have to continue to think like that because it's from a civil perspective and you respect each other and, um, and be able to work together. I mean, we're not gonna be able to move forward anywhere if we're not in an elected position able to work together as a team for the betterment of the people. Well, I agree and, and I think the other thing that uh, some, too many people have lost sight of is that uh, those of us who are Republican or Democrat or Independent or whatever we call ourselves when we find ourselves engaged in discussions about the public good we should be able to if we need to disagree with each other as, mm -hmm. as vehemently as we need to uh, but when that disagreement is over and a decision of some sort has been reached, we need to be able to still be civil. We need to be able to still have decent conversations about other things that are important. And regardless of where we come down on an issue, it should be easy, even if we don't agree with the other person's action, to understand that they are acting the way they think is best for, in this particular case, the city of Cincinnati and at the national level for the republic itself. And I don't see that right now. What I've been seeing is people choosing a side based upon an individual and, 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 and not representing what the oath of office they took says they should represent. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the reason we find ourselves where we are. The big thing now is going forward is what happens now? We saw the FBI come out and warn the community about all the capitals might be under siege this weekend. Um, then there's a hint that there might be a few city um, municipal buildings as well. But what do you think about that, the fact that the next phase, so to speak, 
may or may not happen. I think that we, we don't do or say things that might incite people to violence, uh, that, that we remain uh, with, the, with the open hand of, of cooperation and wanting to work together, and that we prepare for the worst. Um, that uh, if it comes to the point where people actually do decide that they need to attack the state capitol or the local city halls of each city or whatever, that we're prepared to take care of that. But at no time can we, as, as a government, acquiesce to, to, to a mob. We just cannot do that. And we need to do whatever it takes not to allow that to occur. But I think the best way to do that is to be prepared. And I think that that insurrection last week probably would not have happened if it would have been obvious that the Capitol was fortified the way it should have been in light of the threats being made. That just didn't happen. So I think that gave people uh, the belief that they could do what they did and be successful. In fact, they were. But we should learn from that. But I think that above all else, we should always be willing to listen to what people have to say and to make clear that we want to hear what they have to say. But everyone should know that violence is a non-starter. You know, my father always taught me, always be prepared for the unexpected. And that's always been my model. I'm always prepared for the unexpected. And I definitely concur with Mr. Mr. Young. Uh, we don't know what's going to happen. Uh, it's best, better to be prepared than to not be prepared. When you see individuals, and for my concern, they are going underground now that their Facebooks and their Twitters have been frozen and et cetera. So you don't know what kind type of conversations are occurring because why we got to where we are now where those late night Twitter, Facebook conversations, late at night uh, with, with groups that work undercover that way. And I would say that that's probably still going on now because as I listened a little bit of what I listened today, it was clear with some of the comments that were being made by some of the individuals in that room that they had prepped themselves and prepared because they were all singing the same song, those that uh, did not want impeachment to occur. So I, 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 I'm, I'm always prepared for the unexpected. We must be prepared for the unexpected. Wade, do you have any comments or questions? Well, uh, comments is, uh, you mentioned earlier before we came on, on the air about the uh, Tea Party. The party had let themselves be infiltrated by the Tea Party and did nothing about it. And I just wanted to bring that up again because to me, if you look back in history and you look at what happened in Germany, that's exactly what happened. The party came in, it looked like it was gone, back undercover, changed its name a little bit, and it came back stronger. That's what happened in Germany. That's what happened with the Tea Party. Uh, and you saw what happened with Germany, what happened. Uh, again, with the, the what was being ha happening now uh, undercover is very disturbing because all points, everything points now to, to them um, making further action as we go along. And we're not just talking about the uh, 20th. You're talking about February, March, whatever. But, uh, but when I saw this happening last Wednesday, it reminded me of both the book and the movie of Malcolm X. Black agent said, 
you reported, I think I just saw a trial run of the assassination of Malcolm X. And this thing that happened last Wednesday on the Capitol seems to be a trial run of some things that they want to do to the American public going forward. So you're saying it's like a preview possibly of coming attractions. And and I agree. Uh, and again, I say I'm always prepared for the unexpected. We must always be prepared because as Black people, we have always had to be prepared for the unexpected and also be prepared for individuals to try to manipulate us. And from my perspective, there's nothing that that really irritates me the most is when I see that our black people, some sell their souls and are manipulated as those three congressmen did with the young man who supposedly kind of spearheaded that march after, after uh, Trump had said what he had to say, after Julian, after all of those had said what they had to say, that a person could be manipulated in that manner to sell their soul and be a part of that whole uh, terrorist activity. Those are all, um, that, that certainly was a fascinating discussion. Um, but I wanna try to wrap this up basically. Um, and I wanna thank everyone. I wanna thank Wendell Young. I wanna thank Gwen McFarlane, Andrea. And I'm sorry, I forgot to introduce you earlier, Wade. Thank you for coming on and sharing your thoughts. Um, as always, uh, you can check out our website it's www.thecincinnatiherald.com. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook. It's at The Cincinnati Herald. You can also follow us at Twitter and on Instagram, just at Cincy Herald. And also you can follow us on YouTube. And on YouTube, we are The Herald TV. And for the younger folk out there listening, we also have a brand new TikTok channel. And on TikTok, it's just The Cincinnati Herald. And just want to reiterate again, I want to thank everyone for coming on. And um, that's it, basically. Thank you. Thank you, everyone, as well. And stay posted. You know, we have a municipal court race. It's a seat that's opened up in municipal court. Uh, So we are looking for attorneys to to run for a judge in that spot. And they have to have their their petitions in by February the 22nd, which is next month. All right. Good to hear. Good to hear. Thank you. Yep. Thank you. I'm John Reese, digital editor of the Cincinnati Herald, and everyone, have a good night. Good night. You as well. Thank you. Stay safe. Right.